What's going on? Welcome to Never Stop Learning. Sorry about that horrible intro song. I literally just three-fingered that bitch real quick, and who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to take piano lessons. I'm obviously just finished my first week, so bear with me. Uh, but what I do have for you that is quality is an amazing conversation with Abby Shea. Abby and I went to high school together. Uh, we were, you know, friendly acquaintances. We weren't ever super tight. Um, but now she really, she really is one of my good friends. And I was really glad to have this chat with her. We both talk a little bit about our time uh, teaching English in Asia. Um, we talk about what life is like back in Iowa. You know, both her and I haven't haven't lived in Iowa for a while. Um, so we talk a little bit about that. And yeah, overall, a great conversation catching up with one of my good friends. And I hope you enjoy. But first, some quick business. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by grapes. What do you prefer? Green? Purple? Do you like a more reddish hue? I myself am a fan of green, but hot take, I don't like my grapes refrigerated. Now obviously that helps the longevity of a good grape, but I like to let them cool down because I like a nice room temperature crunch. Uh, don't like my teeth to get a little bit too cold. Um, also, if you have not had a good pretzel bun in a while, shout out to Pretzel Buns. Thank you for sponsoring the pod. Really looking forward to uh, <laughs> getting all those free pretzel buns in the mail. <laughs> all right. And last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by the idea that we are not uh, separate from the rest of life, right? We are simply an extension of each other. You know, we are us. And, you know, that's kind of been a big... Uh, bow been a big uh, revelation in my life just not not like I'm changing my worldview but the idea right of non-duality the idea that my perception of my reality is not the inherent truth of what exists right you know the idea that I look around and I what I see I can go touch everything so you know that gives me evidence that my perception is reality um, and so I think the same thing applies to my perception that you are separate from me. You know, I think if we, if we boil it down, I feel like we are the same thing, right? We're all stardust. We're all just life vibrating in its own particular way, right? My water bottle is life vibrating as a water bottle. My pillow, right? Again. Um, but not that... I don't know, it doesn't seem like a hot take. And obviously, you know, I'm still me, you're still you. Uh, but I think that, you know, keeping in mind um, the veil of, you know, reality, what seems to be, um, that, that, that I can question that, right? I think especially with the ideas of, um, you know, trying to manifest you know, a life that you desire. I think, you know, in the same way that prayer, I think, is not something where 
you're asking God to help you. Prayer is a practice of focusing on what you care about. I think I think there's value in that. Um, and I think that not only is there value, I think that that can actually create real change in you, right? I don't, I don't necessarily think that everyone praying for all of the people is going to make the people better, whatever the situation is. But if, if I'm with my community and we're praying about a common, you know, ill that is occurring and we, we want to send our energy that, that, that that's positive just in our own beings. Um, because we know that we want the good for all. We know that we want everyone to, to live happily and comfortably. Um, and you know, it can, I used to be in that, that real big, like prayer doesn't work. Prayer isn't real. Um, but I now think that it's, it's a, a good endeavor to take time to focus your mind on gratitude, on uh, what you wish for others, happiness, joy, um, bounty, right? Plenty, right? I want everyone to have what they need and I want everyone to have what they desire not just what they need, right? We're not on this life to, to get by by the skin of our teeth. I, I believe we're here to thrive. Um, and so those of us in the position to do so, let's put our energy towards towards all of us, right? Let's, let's shout from the rooftops that Black Lives Matter. Let's shout from the rooftops that, you know, we should not be funding uh, ICE, giving hysterectomies to people against their will. Like all of these things, we should not, uh, be slandering each other, but you know, tragedies are real. Shit is actually going down. And if I'm sitting here in my room, it's like, well, what can I do? Well, I want to talk about it. I want to help point my energy to it because, you know, if I talk about this one thing right now, maybe someone has never heard of it, right? And maybe that person's in a position to do a different type of assistance. Um, Sometimes it can feel a little helpless looking at all the the world's wrongs and all the fucked up things that are going on and say, well, I'm just me. What can I do? But again, remembering back to, okay, I'm not just me, right? I'm experiencing me, but we are all us. One thing, the we, the I am, right? we are all the I am. We are all God. Um, and we've been tricked into believing that other people have more control than us. And the systems are set up that way. So there is a reality to that. Um, but there's also a reality that no one else can change, which is your own experience of you. Um, and I wish you the best. Okay, I'm off my high horse. Thanks for listening. Get ready for an amazing conversation. Enjoy. No, we weren't. We should have. We had a great uh, intro conversation that was just for us, but you know, I think it makes it that much sweeter. <laughs> you really have a good voice for this stuff. Like it's kind of, your voice is kind of like soft and soothing. Like you're, I feel like this might be your calling. Being Dude. like a podcast host. Well, thank you. Shit. That's, uh, 
makes me feel good. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, starting this podcast has really just kind of been like a pushing myself to just like fucking find different ways to talk because I've always done that. Like, as it seems weird to say now, but you know, I felt like, I don't remember you know, if you'd remember at WASH, our superlatives, I won class clown. Oh, really? I was one of the class clown and I was kind of like, I'm no Brad Weaverling. <laughs> I felt like I wasn't funny enough. But, and then through like, you know, feeling very uh, comfortable in my voice through being a singer, you know, for my whole life. Um, and so, you know, really coming to understand that, you know, through college, through life, like lots of my close friends would be like, dude, Wes, we always have really deep conversations, whether it be drunk at 1 a.m. at a party or, you know, at lunch or whatever. And it took me a few years to realize that, <laughs> and this sounds weird, I'm not like bragging about myself right now, but like Brag away. I, I was like the the common thread in people telling me how they were so happy to have had in-depth, deeper, just, I don't know, like different type of content, like not surface level. Right. And you know, like, like, like you and I are here right now, like, fuck, this is an opportunity that doesn't really just occur if you and I are just like casual friends, which is right. the truth, you know? So, um, and I feel like you're very like, I feel like you've always been pretty just brave in general. And like, I feel like to be a podcast host and like, even just the fact that you go live all the time and like you used to do those, like I remember last summer, um, you went live on Instagram and you were rapping and you were like, you know, in the comments, say something and I'll rap about it. And I, I remember I was with my friend my best friend and we were like we told you to rap about vegetables and you rapped about vegetables for like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i remember that dude yeah. and it's just funny because like i just remember always seeing your lives and everything that you post and like you're just really brave like i would be terrified just to go on live and be like yo hit me with some some stuff and i'll rap about it or i'll like you know write poetry about it or something like i would never do that so i feel like you're in the perfect position to have a podcast because it is like in a sense it is being like vulnerable, you know, like putting yourself out there and like having like conversations, like live real conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned vulnerability because, you know, I think that is, I think it's a skill to be honest, is to actively like put your vulnerability out away from the comfort of my own personal shell but not because just because I want to be vulnerable, but because that action like literally tears down a wall for someone else to be able to do the same and to access whatever vulnerable part of themselves. Maybe they don't, but they wouldn't have felt comfortable doing on their own or even wouldn't even know that that was something that was vulnerable. I mean, I'm coming into that stuff, new conversations, new insights that allow me to be like, thank you for opening up so that I could feel safe. And like, 
Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like vulnerability is really like a courage thing. And it's like, before you decide to be vulnerable, it's like, you're really comfortable and that's fine and everything like that. But then like, you know, vulnerability is like this kind of scary space that's also really rewarding. And like, I feel like I've learned that a lot this year, just like the power of being vulnerable. And like, there's this quote um, by this researcher, Brene Brown, and she talks about like, um, like living wholeheartedly is like when you show up and let yourself like truly be seen. Um, but it's like scary to do that, you know? But um, I mean, that's what like, you know, this is essentially like even just having podcasts, it's like connecting with people and like opening up with people and, and like letting yourself be seen in a way that's like, oh, like, you know, people can watch it and people can like judge it, but um, you know, that's irrelevant. Like that shouldn't stop people from being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was something that I have had to learn you know, it's come easily to me in like my friendships and relationships, that type of stuff. But for me, like putting some of my authenticity and my vulnerability into say being a teacher or fulfilling some type of leadership role, whether it be for young people where whatever, right. Um, that figuring out that like, you know, I started teaching, my first few months, I was taking myself so seriously. I was like putting on my teacher hat and being like, turn to page 33. And I, I thought that I had to be this teacher that like they expected me to be. Yeah. Even though that wasn't what they expected. I was making that up that they would be more comfortable if I, you know, wagged my finger and disciplined them or whatever. And it was like, you know, the, the exact same thing that I would try to express resonated with them more when I was telling them and not teacher Wes. Yeah, for sure. Like when you allow yourself to just like show up as you are and like, you know, not try to like play the role or whatever, then I feel like, you know, that's like in a sense, that's just you connecting with your students like on a real level, you know, and I mean, there's like so much research that goes into, you know, like a kind learning environment where you feel safe and comfortable and like you feel like you're allowed to be yourself and like express yourself and just be yourself um, is like a lot more successful than one in which there's like a lot of rules and like a lot of, you know, um, like punishments and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I had to learn that, too, because I remember in Korea, it was kind of like that, like. I had a couple co-teachers who co-teachers who were my age and so we kind of had these like alternative methods but then I had a co-teacher who was a lot older than me and she was like very conservative everything had to be done by the book and um so I kind of adopted that in a way and then I remember when I went to Mozambique like um I was in training and they trained us to essentially be like that they were like they're gonna try to take advantage of you they're gonna you know if you're nice at all like i remember one one guy who trained me told me to not smile for the first two months and i was like are you serious like are you kidding me and i like almost i was like okay he, he probably knows what he's talking about like he's mozambican like he's dealt with this a lot and i tried to do it and then on the first day i was like no way like teaching is really like like it's conveying something that like they have to trust me you know 
in order to be receptive of what I'm teaching them, mm -hmm. trust me. And like, yeah. part of that comes down to just being like, hey, this is who I am and you're safe to be who you are in here. And now we're gonna learn, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no way I could not smile for two months, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for me, it was like, I made this huge shift, which is like, okay, you know, we spent the majority of our lives as students, right? That's like a reality of my situation. Mm -hmm. So going into a classroom, you know, I feel like, okay, I know what that student side of the room feels like, right? Because we grew up there. And then, and then like, <laughs> like being able to then like look around, right? Like before I went to go teach English, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I am capable of this even without any training. But like, I was like, I wanna just kind of like help myself out, like get a little bit of support or whatever. And so then I'm in school and like, just kind of the way that I had when I was a student, when I'm like, what do I do? I was like Googling it. It was like, I thought that what I would find for how best to be me as a teacher was to fucking find someone else's shit. And <laughs> like, it was like, you, yeah. <laughs> right, and so then, you know, as I'm like, you know, I'm walking into the classroom, talking to a few of my girls, like being flamboyant. Like, I'm not gonna read that on anyone else's lesson plan. Right, I'm not like no one else is gonna say hello, clap. Like this, it's just like what the fuck. Like, and I, why would I do that? Because it's fun, and because they are gonna laugh their little asses off. Right? Yeah. So there was like that simple thing where I'm like, and again, you know, that's why I was really excited to be a trainer for other people coming to teach, which is because I'm excited, and like camp would be the same way, right? To be a teacher without having curriculum that you have to teach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be able to respond to help give support where you see it's needed right mm -hmm. to give to give feedback like and so yeah like i now have this experience of this full spectrum of lack of confidence confidence you know hated this lesson loved this lesson didn't plan for this lesson at all spent an three hours making a fun game. Mm -hmm. So it's like now knowing that I don't have to fit into what someone tells me to do, right? You're like, oh crap, at this job, I can't smile. It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> but this person wanted to try and help you out. And that's just the way that they could articulate what they thought would work for these kids, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, this isn't about what anyone else would do. And that's like a hard thing to be able to learn and then also to like implement of my own accord regularly. It's so tough. Yeah, it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I just read a quote the other day. I might have it around here, but it was essentially like to learn how to be yourself is the hardest task we've ever been given. Because like, and like when you mentioned something about Googling something and it, essentially what you're Googling is how, to, how do I be myself? It's like we're asking people for directions to places they've never been, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like all the time. Like whenever I have a problem, I outsource it to 
so many people. And then I'm like, that was inconvenient. I don't want to listen to that. Like, I don't like that. And, you know, and then like, ultimately I end up doing what I felt in my gut to begin with, you know, but I just wanted everyone to like confirm what I was feeling or like maybe try to change my mind. But like, yeah, it's like to learn how to be yourself and trust yourself and like be completely confident in, you know, just like when our bodies are speaking to us, like if I feel something's not right and, and you know, to trust that and, and not question it all the time. Yeah, it's a really hard job. But back to like you were talking about being a teacher. I also feel like, you know, you coming in and having that like elaborate introduction, like the students remember you by that, you know, like I don't remember any teacher like to me, the teachers I remember from high school and college are teachers that were really out there and like very like they they took their job. They didn't take their job so seriously. You know, like I'm thinking of Clancy. Like I remember he used to come in and and, and like he would just be himself and we could connect to that. Like, you know, it's so much easier to connect to someone when they are also a human. You don't see them as just being a teacher, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes I remember, like, when I was younger and I would see teachers outside of school, I'd be like, wow, I can't believe you exist outside of school. Because to me, you are just this, like, front. You are just this, like, teacher front. You know, you're not, like, a person. But then, you know, when a teacher is, like, humanized and then you trust them, there's this great, like, bonding experience that makes me want to learn more and makes the learning even more effective, you know? Yeah, I, it makes me think about, um, ah, just lost it. Um, Um, I was talking about like teachers being themselves, I thought Clancy, um, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, like our relationship to teachers, like I was saying. A teacher is like the authority, the old authority that rules over the masses of me and my peers. And like, to me, that's just such a specific, like dualistic way of interacting with community, right? Like I don't wanna be out in the world and look at a 40 year old as if they're other from me because they could have been my teacher when I was fucking however old, right? Like, I don't know. And, and and to me, you know, that's part of, you know, what I tried to embody as a sixth grade teacher, right? I loved sixth grade because they were like old enough that they weren't like hugging me and saying, I love you teacher, but they weren't like Too cool teenagers. Yeah. And so that was really cool because it felt like they were just being super authentic. They weren't playing any games right they were like they were on the first few months of like <laughs> like hormones and like mm-hmm. the new social world of like whatever and so i could tell that immediately and obviously they were using their second language with me but like they couldn't they would never say to me what they would say to their thai teachers like never like never like they wouldn't even like whisper to each other with a couple of their thai teachers and they would be wrestling for me and so it was like obviously you need to chill don't wrestle please but like i want to give them some wrestling time because that is like dude who what why would i need to 
stifle what gives you this joy. And it's like, just because you're doing that doesn't mean you're like not doing your work. And again, it just seems like, like it's, like the students are never right. Yeah, exactly. That's I know exactly what you mean because in Korea it was kind of like that too with my with that older teacher I taught with and then with just generally like the principal and the vice principal they're all a lot older because these are very like respectable positions and like mm-hmm. you know whatever. But I just remember it was almost like the students were being oppressed. Like the kids were being oppressed for being kids. Like yeah. No, just to just just to be joyous and like I I also had a completely different relationship with my students than my Korean co-teachers and I think a lot of that was because I was just generally more relaxed, you know, and like to me I was kind of like the fun aunt, you know. Yeah. It was honestly a really sick gig, but (laughs) and and there's a lot of reasons as to why I was like the fun aunt, but I also feel like, you know. I always want that role to where it's like, you know, I am an authority figure, but you can be yourself with me and like, we can freaking play like, hell yeah, we're going to laugh. Hell yeah. Like we're going to sing, you know, we're not going to like, I'm not going to punish you for like wanting to be happy and like wanting to learn in an an environment. that's just like, you know, comfortable and warm, you know, and enjoyable. And, um, but I feel like the education system these days is just like not set up for that kind of like learning. Like it's kind of more about, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not so much about being able to be yourself and like learning in a way that's conducive. It's kind of more just conform, you know, conforming to whatever curriculum and, and weird ar- arbitrary rules there are, you know. Yeah, I know, dude. It's it's really frustrating, and I mean, I I kind of feel the same way about politics, which is like, ah, oh, God, it's like so. There's like so much potential for like what education could truly provide if it was like kind of reset, reimagined, with and and fully funded, and yet also it's like it's at such a large scale that like you know, we're swimming upstream Mm -hmm. and that's like, and that's like how I feel about so much of the world. And so I obviously know that I'm not just going to become apathetic, uh, but also like, what's what's my fucking lane? Like, you know, my thing has often been, and, and I don't know if you've, have you heard of the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn? Yes, I love that book. Okay, yeah. So I read that book my senior year of college. It basically fucking changed my perspective of the whole world. And like, you know, back to like why I'm having a podcast. It's like, well, let's talk about education stuff. I don't have an answer, but what needs to happen before new answers can exist is that you have to understand what the questions are. You have to talk about what feels wrong what looks like it's not going right and like that's like what daniel quinn was kind of saying like people are coming to me asking me what to do next and i'm like yo i just gave you a bunch of questions that helped you illuminate your own life right and it's like we have the power and so i feel like well shit let me just fucking talk and put it on the internet so that someone else so that we 
I mean, who cares about the internet? But I mean, fuck, you, we wouldn't be talking right now without this. Like, there's so much that I've heard. I love Brene Brown. You mentioned her. Like, there's just so many perspectives that could be incredibly useful in action to help whatever societal system you want to point to. Like, they could all improve. Uh, but we're fucking like stuck, dude. It's, it feels like. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really optimistic about like education changing. I mean, I'm like, even just like, we're having protests for them to just like redirect some of the public budget, like some of the public budget. And like, that's too much to ask, you know? And like, there's clearly a problem within our, within like, the police department's like cool it's very obvious you know and so yeah i don't know for me like what i can do is i'm just gonna like be a teacher and i'm going to you know like i don't think i'm gonna make a huge like you know large scale difference but i know that like what i do i feel good about and for me is like I can't change the world, but I can make the people in my world and like, you know, my students, whoever I interact with, I can make them just like a little better off. Or, you know, in Mozambique, I felt like that was um, something that I felt good about is that, you know, like, even if, you know, there's like a lot of criticisms to Peace Corps and I totally like empathize with those, but um, like, I know that at the end of the day, like, even just making people feel important or like making little girls feel like confident in themselves and like being able to have opinions and like it's okay to say this it's okay to feel this way like even that you know that's really important to me so yeah i guess you know (laughs) such a shit show of a country but like you know we can only do what we can do and for me that's just like creating a little world of happiness and whoever's in that world is like, you know, going to get a little bit of that joy. So, Yeah, that's, that's good. It, it feels like, you know, you really, you can't fill too many lanes with your full being. Um, and I just, yeah, like, I mean, I've worked in education, like a bunch and it's funny because i'm i feel like i'm like almost like anti-education but like that's not true (laughs) but like you know i like i started studying elementary education in college i got kicked out of the program ended up studying business but like that was already something where i was like like there's like these open minds and right like on on a large scale kids are just getting the generic shit from the public schools and then the corporate propaganda from capitalism and like that's what children wake up to as the world reality and so like you were saying being able to be one small voice in that world. And and for me, I'm starting to feel that like in the classroom isn't really where I feel like I'm called, though it was like definitely a great experience and I surely might teach again. But 
like being around education, kind of like the exterior support system, supporting like the intention of, of becoming educated and not necessarily be a part of the infrastructure where the money goes and the kids go, you know what I mean? Would you want to do like educational policy or like what kind of work are you thinking about? So I, I haven't thought about that. I don't, I, I think more like mentorship with individuals to to help them navigate their own personal path through the system for whatever they feel called to do. Because, um, you know, fuck, like that's been something that I've been doing for myself. And that's like what I feel like I'll, so many of my friends outside of, and I'm sure you have this too, a big subset of my acquaintances and friends who found what they wanted, went right to the career, got married, live in the fucking Des Moines suburb or whatever it happens to be. Like, and that's like, yo, fucking do your thing, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like I really wish that high school in America, I guess I don't know how it is, but I just know that my experience at Watch, which was, I had a good experience, but like, I don't know. I kind of wish that there was more opportunities to explore and, you know, okay. So they had like workshops where you can like build things and like, but I wish that there was more of an emphasis on just, you know, if you're not good at math, okay, you're not good at math. Like what am I going to gain from doing calculus all those years when I could have been studying something that's like going to, you know, I'm interested in, and then I can really perfect that. But I feel like I, I didn't even, I didn't even choose my major until senior year of college. That, that semester, because like I had no idea. I went into Iowa State doing animal medicine, animal science. Like I wanted to be a vet. That lasted like three weeks. And then I tried like psychology and then I tried English and then I eventually settled on philosophy, which like worked out really well I was like I really enjoyed it or whatever but it's just crazy that like it took me that long and I still am like okay so that was like just that was just to graduate I'm not gonna like go back and <laughs> like now I'm still like okay what am I gonna do like I'm still trying to figure out what I'm good at and like how I can use that for the world you know what I'm saying and it's just kind of crazy that that I took that I wasted so much time on like chemistry and math and biology like for what I know, dude, I was saying this the other day that it's like, oh, like when you're a kid and like you were saying, you suck at math, but you love to write. You are gonna do math until the fucking cows come home because you gotta, you can't, you can't fail it. You can't fail it. And you're gonna get straight A's in language arts and your parents aren't gonna talk to you about it very much. Your teacher is gonna be like, good job, she's a straight A student, what she needs to work on is math. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, yeah, it's, it's like, I can't believe that it's a system where you focus on your least what, your strong best. thing. Yeah, that's insane to me. Like, why wouldn't they be like, okay, because I also remember scoring, like when we had ITEDs all those years, I remember I always scored well in like language arts, like grammar, punctuation, whatever. And it's crazy to me that like, 
that wasn't taken and then like a plot like like there should be a curriculum based on what you score highest in you know what i'm saying because it's clear that i'm not gonna get better at math and i don't want to get better at math and i can use this time to you know like learn more about what i am good at and explore that realm and then maybe figure it out before i'm freaking like 35 and like have some like weird crisis like quarter life crisis and i don't know like I feel like I'm always like without realizing it, thinking of the potential arguments I might hear as to why that system would be good, which is to say, well, 70% of the students hate math. So we, would, we wouldn't have any engineers anymore if everyone just got to choose. And I'm just like, yo, that's not how this shit works, right? It's just like the same way that like labor isn't inherently the value of a human being. Like, like you don't need to focus on this shit that you suck at. You don't, you, you're not just and the you work that you, that you give to the economy. Like, and you don't want engineers who don't want to be engineers. That's like crazy that they try to mold people. You know, they're like, okay, if there's only 15% of the high school students who take math, then like, we're not gonna have any engineers. Those people might end up going into engineering and you know that if they do it's because they're good at math and they wanted to do it and that was ultimately a choice you know and it's like you don't want people in your society who are doing things just as a means to an end not because you know if i'm like a mechanical engineer or or like what is it civil and i like don't really care but i like design a building and then that building is like collapses you know what i'm saying like why would we want people in our society who don't want to do like who are not who are not in their profession because they want to be just because it's you know, like, good to say that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's funny, just automatically, it just seems like there's like that closed-minded argument of like, stick with tradition. This is the way it's always been. Like, I paid off my student loans. They should be able to, too. Like, that wouldn't, how is that fair to me? Or like, they didn't go earn their health care. It's like, <laughs> they didn't they didn't pass every single subject so they shouldn't get to blah 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 you shouldn't it's like fucking gatekeepers i can't it's like you have your own gate bro like do whatever the fuck you want but leave us alone like it's crazy to me i was thinking about that the other day it's crazy to me that the majority of our politicians are like in their 70s like 60s and 70s i know dude that is absolutely insane because like and like i know you hear it all the time but it really didn't hit me until like recently like it's not their future it's ours it's like insane to me that they're allowed to be politicians like they're the people running our society and like they have like vested interest in things not changing when like things are going to change whether you want it to or not it's just like are you going to be proactive and progressive about it or are you going to like try to smother it and then like clean up after like the revolution happened. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> like imagining like the, we have the infrastructure for the oil pipelines and we don't want our shareholders to take a fucking loss to just reinvent new infrastructure for green energy. When we still, we could, they could still be the energy companies. Right, they could still have jobs. It would just be a different <laughs> job. Like, 
And yeah. I, I just, I just think like, I mean, obviously it's like, I said this the other day, like government is, is, is kind of like the figurehead of capitalism in a way, like in the same way that resources are exploited, like it feels like governments are being exploited in the same way, right? Human labor is being exploited, like, and so I think like in the same way that I'm like, yeah, I don't see myself going into education policy because <laughs> just like I, I don't wanna go like work at BP to help tear it down from the inside, kind of, I mean, they're very different, but I'm kind of like, yo, let's start our own fucking shit alongside over here. Like that's the way that this is gonna happen. And obviously politics and lots of stuff is ingrained and intertwined but there's a lot of momentum and I think energy from the community, which is what we are. Government seems like it's us, but it's not us. Right. You know? It's our grandparents. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny that you studied um, education and then business. You're like anti-education and anti-capitalism. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, well, you're an incredible source. You're like, listen, I'm no like, I'm a veteran here. Like, I studied this stuff, and I'm here to tell you there's. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, hey, like, look at these, these two systems that are incredibly powerful in different ways, and I just kind of want to say, like, like, there's no one in charge of any of this, like. Right, it's like policy, government. It's like it's like it's, you're trying to like staple right. shit to like this moving entity of like right. a fucking avalanche or something, right? And it's like this natural force of the way that we come together and support each other that will just happen even if no one sets it up. We do it as individuals, which becomes community, which becomes societies, and so. It's like, you know, like, well, why do you hate like capitalism? I'm like, why do you think that capitalism is your is the fucking home team? Right. Like, why are you rooting for it? That's a bigger question mark to me, right? Sold to us from such a young age. Like, it's kind of crazy that the word communist, every time I read it, every time I heard it, just like naturally had this connotation as being like bad, being the other. And like you grow up and you learn and you like start realizing how dangerous capitalism is and then it's like like it's just crazy to me that capitalism is like synonymous with america you know and like to even mm -hmm. question it is un-american which like fine i don't like <laughs> i don't want to be american to begin with but like i know <laughs> it's like it's just crazy that like that is the default for so many people and like even just questioning it is like Dude, I literally <laughs> look at people who hang American flags on, on their fucking house. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that used to not even cross my mind. And now I'm like, fucking patriot. Like, fuck what? you. <laughs> well, what are you proud of? Like, you're proud of that you happened to be born in a country? Like, 
why are you, like that's such a weird thing that's like being proud that i'm five seven like why am i like and then it's also just like okay that's actually a little different because my height never like killed people you know my is not responsible for the death of like innocent black people like, you know I mean? like it's just crazy to me and i feel like a lot of that just comes down to like identity and people just want something like i get it people want something to believe in people want something to identify with like i get it you know um but nothing is beyond criticism you know and like yeah america and 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 like i know what you mean when you say like like you were talking essentially you're saying like the government's a scam like i don't you know, and it's crazy to me because, yeah, it is, but it shouldn't, like, the concept of government is, like, protecting the citizens. And, like, that that's what government should be. And it's crazy that, like, in America, where we're known for our government, we're known for our freedom and our opportunities, it's, like, I don't feel protected by the government. Like, I don't feel protected by the government. I don't feel like the government has my best interests, you know? And, like, that's the government's job. The government's job is, to, like, respond to the times, respond to the people, you know, and, like, look out for the people, but it's crazy. Like, to me, there can even be lobbyists in Washington. There can be like lobbyists for the fossil fuel industry, lobbyists for the tobacco industry. Lobby like that is insane to me. And when I first learned that, I remember asking my dad and my mom, and I was like, "Explain this. Like that is insane to me. This is a business. America is a business. Like that is insane to me that our policies are being pushed by these industries, mm -hmm. which are killing us, but they have enough money that they're buying our politicians and." Like, and and our taxes are then funding them. Yeah, like I'm <laughs> paying for the planet. I'm paying for like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, for, it's it's insane to me. And like, yeah, like the government is just completely failing us. Like this American experiment is just like total failure in my opinion. I just have to say for the listeners, I guess this has turned into a fuck capitalism podcast because this has been the, become the topic on like every episode. <laughs> but it's just, it's it's like in our face right now, right? Like it's just the fucking masks have been stripped away from, right? The wizard is the fucking feeble old white dude in the back with his fucking pockets lined with gold <laughs> like pushing the buttons of the screens that the millions of people see with the beautiful people that look like me and that say the stuff the bp ad that has the african-american family laughing on their patio it's just like yeah it's like i can't even remember how I ever took America seriously. And what I also said that same, like, you know, we're fed the idea that capitalism is good, capitalism is, is the default. We're also fed the same thing that, like, America is always the good guys. And I remember when we were in Iraq and, and um, you know, and like with the Vietnam War, my parents were talking about it, and it was always um, we're the good guys and we're there for the right reasons. Like, we're there promoting people, and then it's like, you learn about it and you realize like we shouldn't be there in the first place let alone be doing what we're doing and it's just like always uh, yeah we're just like america's a good guy but we're far from that like <laughs> well dude and like fuck talking about trump but it's like he literally 
has said like, hey, America, I don't even have to fucking pretend anymore. He said that even before he was elected. Like he let himself be known for who he is before he was even elected. Like when he when he said, like well, there were so many incidents, but like that tape of him talking about like grabbing them by the pussy that when he mocked that reporter, when he said like, I can go on Fifth Ave and shoot someone, like he has let himself be known. Like, and it's crazy to me that people still support him, you know? Dude, I mean, literally, just because this is on my mind, it's like, he literally said, like, I don't like war, so those Pentagon guys probably don't agree with me because they just want to fund the military-industrial complex. He basically was just like, yeah, the Pentagon likes war so that we can prop up the military companies. Like, he fucking said that. Like... But yet, fucking whatever, whoever, no, who, however long ago, he was like proud of increasing the military budget, and now he's like saying that just like just nonchalantly, like pure oligarchy, like no, no fucking, just no fucking Trojan horse, just fucking companies, just walking in with their brand logos on their fucking shirts. Got to pay the fucking, got to put the stack of cash in the fucking turnstile before you walk into the fucking Congress or whatever, right? Like, oh. Honestly, yeah. And it's scary because Trump isn't even, like, it's, it's, does, it didn't even start with him. It's just like how it's set up in Washington. And that's why, okay, like AOC, she is the baddest bitch to ever do it. Like, to me, she is the only reason I'm slightly optimistic about America. Mm-hmm. It's like she exists and she was elected and people support her, you know? And like, because there's so many people, even, even like the good ones, you know, I mean, Bernie Sanders is like an angel, so not him, but like, like everyone else is like, like they take money from people who don't have you know, like, who don't have our best interests at heart, they take money from, like, Big Pharma or, like, Ag or... Big Dairy, bro. Yeah. Big Meat, bro. Fuck. That is the most infuriating thing. That is, like, the most infuriating part about American politics. It's just, like... Yeah, and, like, especially what... what okay, literally, our country's on fire. Like, Oregon is on fire. Yeah. Cal- is on fire, Montana, Colorado, and it's like, it's just crazy to me that we are seeing like in, and, and we have like derecho. We have Holy derecho. shit, dude. Shit is going down, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's crazy because, I mean, this is obviously climate change, like obvious yeah. climate change, you know, but people are still reluctant or just like completely in denial about it, but our world is literally on fire and it could have been prevented. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into the micro a little bit. Uh, because you and I both fucking left the country to go teach little kids and uh, you know, you were over there and I was living in Denver. I was telemarketing for a for-profit university, basically. And 
I like just broke up with my long-term girlfriend and I see you and Jeremy are in South Korea mm -hmm. and I see that Abra is in Bangkok and I'm remembering this conversation I had with my girlfriend months prior talking about like, dude, going to Asia to teach would be cool. And she like shut me down. And so I'm sitting there like hating my fucking life, but I'm getting paid $20 an hour. So I was like, and my coworkers are really cool. So it was just like, I was oh. grasping at straws mm -hmm. to like convince myself that I was still happy there. And like, I was just like, dude, they went and did this and I'm feeling like, oh, I wish I could. The moment that I heard myself say, I wish I could, I was like, the fuck am I, what the fuck is holding me back? Like, why is that not, why is that not a viable option for me, but it yeah. is for anyone else? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So what, was there anything in your life that, that prompted that, that move? Um, I think it was just a series of events. Like, I remember I read this book, um, and like one of the characters was teaching English in China. And then I remember I always was just kind of primed on the idea of Asia because of Buddhism. And there's, you know, I was always kind of interested in, in Buddhism and like Eastern traditions, Eastern medicine. Um, and then, yeah, my advisor, I had a really good advisor in college and he kind of like, you know, he really, like, I feel like he really saw the potential in me because I would come to him and I was, I like almost failed out freshman year, like sophomore year, not much better. And he was always just like, I think you can do a lot better. And I think there's like, you know, like you have something and you just gotta, you know, anyway, he just really like. He really believed in me, and then so I just trusted him. And then one day he was like, "I think you would really thrive if you taught English abroad." Um, and then yeah, from there I was just like, "Cool, that's what I'm gonna do." And then cool, I just like applied to a bunch of places, and I actually did meet up with Jeremy when he was back one summer. I like took him out to coffee and just like raked his brain. Um, like yeah. before you went. Yeah, because I was interested in, in going to, I knew I wanted to go to Korea. I knew that he he had been living in Korea. He was back for the summer. Um, and so I just met, met up with him and then just asked him a bunch of questions and then just started applying. Dude, I did the same thing with Abra because <laughs> she was back for Brit's wedding. Oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I had already booked it. So I knew I was going. So I was more like picking her brain about the specifics. And dude, her and I only met up one time that the whole time I was there. Oh, uh, wait, were you in Bangkok? I was an hour south. So I was okay. I was there a lot. But even so, I mean, I I had friends in Seoul and it was just like, <laughs> like you think you're like, we're in the same city. I know, yeah. It's just like so different when you're living there and then yeah, like yeah, that's like the biggest cities I've ever like been in, like Bangkok, and I was like, holy shit. Right, right. No, I know, but that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I remember reaching out to Abra too towards the end of my time in Korea, and I was just kind of flirting with the idea of Thailand. But then I was, you know, like I wanted something completely different, and like I feel like Thailand would would have been similar to Korea, and I kind of just wanted like a totally new, like totally new game so um yeah but i loved it i 
I wouldn't take it back for the world. That was, yeah. So one of the things that I experienced on my, uh, as I was about to depart, um, was like a lot of people in my life kind of coming, meeting me in my social media messages being like, that's so crazy. I wish I could do that. Like, oh my gosh, let me come visit. Like, I'm going to book a trip to Bangkok now that you're there. And it was just again and again and again. And obviously love to see that from my friends and acquaintances. Um, but it kind of was cool for my attention to be pointed at what I felt that, that they were responding to, right? Because I had been in a position where it didn't feel plausible for me to uproot my life and make some crazy decision as it seems. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Tell me your experience. I don't know if you, you felt the same. Yeah. No, that's funny. Cause I definitely, I definitely have people in my life and it's like, they're kind of always waiting for the right moment to do it. Or they're waiting to get everything in, you know, like money or, I know, yeah. you know, I might get a promotion. If I don't, then I'll do this. And like, <laughs> never a right time to do something scary like yeah. it's scary moving to asia moving anywhere abroad alone to do something that i've never done before it is scary it's scary um, yeah. but i feel like i don't know i i was terrified before i went to i remember like i was crying to my sister about it um but i knew that for me i knew that it would have been scarier for me if i never went and that like lived with me and like it was this always this what if you know what if i did that that was the perfect time why didn't i you know i knew like to me fear of that being my reality rather than like trying and maybe i'll be lonely maybe i'll be sad maybe i'll be scared but at least i'm doing something brave mm -hmm. that outweighed any kind of fear that i had um yeah but I definitely had people in my life who were like, oh, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, break up with your fucking boyfriend and do it. Like, what is he giving you that Asia can't? Like, literally fucking get out of that relationship and, like, do it. Like, there's so many, like, there's so many guys that you can date and you don't even have to date them. You can just be single. But, like, how many times are you going to get the opportunity to go abroad and teach? Like, well... But also, like, you could fucking whenever you want. Right. Like, or it's like, how, like, you know, it's that idea of the once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like that's like, feels like that's kind of like an American thing, which is like, right. Or you like, go out to go there, but obviously you come back to America because this is where we live. Right. right. You know, like, because we're free here. Like, I feel like, yeah for and especially for me like because i also was kind of sold that like you know eventually you'll get married and you'll have kids and like for me i was like okay yeah i'm gonna go to korea before i get married. <laughs> like i went there and then i went to mozambique and i'm just like i want to always be able to do this i want to yeah. always be able to up and leave and like like i never want anything to like hold me back from being able to at any moment being like this is going to be my new reality and I'm going to like dive into it and I'm not going to, you know, and mm -hmm. to me, that's just so much more satisfying than whatever you can get from like having a family. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's funny. 
going back to mentioning you had a, a really great like counselor who suggested uh, teaching abroad to you that's super dope um but yeah like for me it was like my sophomore year where i failed the whole semester and they kicked me out of the education school so that's why i had to switch like partying too much or were you just like i was just i was smoking <laughs> just heavy so um but you know kind of without that wake-up call which what did i do at that moment went to the career counselor went to this person who who like spoke to me differently than the person who had led the education program mm -hmm. where i was just like hey i think i fucked up like they just kicked me out and i'm like starting my junior year so i was, I was like fuck i'm already halfway and uh you know, it also, it, it, I felt like it changed the stakes because pre-failure, college was like the next step. It, it was kind of like high school plus. I was, but, but yet with freedom. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, hitting that wall, my, every shit got all fucked up from my own, you know, lack of responsibility, not taking, you know, account for everything that was on my plate that I was like, for the first time, college felt like a choice because out of high school, college felt like right. just life continues. Like, yeah. And so that was really cool because I was like, all right, I want this degree instead of having this debt with no degree. And I remember I was like, do I do business or do I do philosophy? I should have done philosophy, but it was like, it was like an extra two semesters oh shit yeah so you know i so would have loved philosophy but even i mean this was back in like 2014 even back then i wasn't really in the mindset to like show up to be truly an academic because i had never experienced that where it was mine where like it was something that i was choosing mm -hmm. like school learning classes knowledge was something that was given to me with expectation or punishment like do your homework like did you read the reading did you pass the test and it was all like even if i loved it right it's like profess that you know it at gunpoint mm -hmm. like for the test day like it better all be in your head and, and it's like fuck that something just for the sake because you want to do it it changes everything because that yeah. was my experience you know i was studying to be like vet med and then psychology and then english and like all these things they just felt like a chore and then yeah. which to philosophy was like i don't have to be convinced to go to class like i don't have to be convinced to like write this paper or do this reading because it is like i'm intrinsically motivated i want to do it and i want to learn it and i want to really be good at it and so it's like I totally know what you mean that like for me philosophy was a choice and it was the first time in my entire like educational career that I felt like I wanted to learn about this thing like I wanted to get better hmm. and then I got like all A's like I almost flunked those first like two years <laughs> like all A's and B's my parents were like okay you're not a total idiot like <laughs> and like I also feel like <laughs> um teaching because i feel like teaching is also intrinsically motivating like 
there's like there's a certain reward when your students like do well on a test or when your students start speaking to you with more confidence or you know like that is intrinsically motivating like to me i really like being a teacher for that reason like i don't have to be convinced as to why i need to make this lesson plan engaging like mm-hmm. i just want to you know and i want to and i like want to connect with my students you know it's not like a nine to five where i'm sitting there and i'm just like what's the point of this what's the point of this what's the point of this it's like i know what the point is and i'm choosing to do it yeah Yeah, it, 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 it just, it really felt like I expanded my ideas about what is possible in the world for me as an individual. Like, what am I capable of? It's like, oh my God, there's all these roles out here in the world that I could fill for forever or for this semester or for two years. And like, like you were saying, I really was kind of like, oh yeah, this isn't that, this isn't that study abroad, go do your gap year before you start your American married life, right? right? Like there's actually like so much opportunity and it was for me kind of like, oh, like I'm glad that I had this, um, doorway through education through offering up my knowledge to help other people like oh my god that's like that's what i want to do in a job but it doesn't have to be in a classroom like what i want to do to make money is to use my personal knowledge and experience and in whatever way offer that up to people who have not had my experience, which is everyone on the planet who's not me, right? To help them in whatever way they want to be helped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I just think like, you know, I I imagine that I right now can only see some tiny little speck of the full true spectrum of possibilities. Um, And you know, back again to like, that's like the power of education as much as I want to rag on it. Like, right. The ideal education is meeting inspired pupils with inspired guidance. Like, Mm -hmm. and it sucks to see that be dumbed down by, you know, the massive scale of our systems by the fact that teachers aren't paid very well you know, like teachers have to manage these groups of hordes of kids who are all the same age. Like that is not natural, bro. Very different and like very like energetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, I don't know if I'd want to be a teacher in America. I actually, right before I called you, um, I was researching like master's programs um, to be, you know, because I'm like, okay, I gotta like do something. <laughs> I, I gotta do, like do something. But to me, it's like <laughs> the education system has like completely failed us. Like, I don't even know if I'd want to be a teacher here. You know, I just think there's there like 
kind of like what you're saying. Like, there's just better ways to, like, engage. There's better ways to connect and, like, teach. And it's a shame that the primary vehicle for education, which students, you know, from, like, 8 to 3, from kindergarten till, you know, 12th grade or sometimes, like, you know, through college is, like, people who, you know, it's, like, the system that is not designed for your success. It's not designed for, you know, and even just, like, well and now like how education is because of the pandemic like on zoom you know there's just like such a lack of connection and like so much of education is like connecting and trusting and like bonding and having this like experience of like like this like transfer of information you know and like that's just not happening so yeah it's like i don't know where i was going with that i don't know what you well i mean it makes me think about um like the way that like students are asked to be students, right? Like I have this vision of wash, like the hallways in my head, okay? And I can see that like imagining like all the classes, you know, class ending, everyone rushing out into the hallways. And like, I now look back at that and I see when we exit those classrooms was when we become ourselves again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's insane like it needs it almost needs to be the opposite like right. you need to be able to feel the most safe the most seen when you're in it with with the teacher and with other people and not sit and do your notes no talking and then and then you walk out of the classroom and you're like oh what's up guys like finally we are us again and it's like Education, it's like, no, like we need to be filling you up when you're in here and not making you look right. It's like fucking drones, like sit yeah, and right. read. And, and, and I, I just, that's a very powerful image in my head right now. Yeah. And I, I, I've been thinking a lot about um, just like childhood in general and like how growing up, it's crazy that we, our parents just like trusted our teachers to like mold us into positive ways but like I can think of so many examples of where teachers tried to suppress me for being who I was for just being like authentic like I was I was punished for being who I was for expressing myself like how I wanted to express myself and it's just crazy that it's like you know all when you're most vulnerable when you're most like raw and green and susceptible to being shaped you are being told by adults that you don't know that well and you only like they don't they have like 300 of you you know so they're they don't care about your individual talents and like what you're good at you know and it's like sometimes teachers do but a lot of times they don't and a lot of times they don't care about you like on that kind of level and it's just yeah. crazy that like we allow those people to shape us and like we are still living from those effects today like like I i'm still trying to like like understand all those influences and like how they shaped me and like why do I think the way that I do like why do I believe certain things and like mm -hmm. it's just crazy that we let those people into our lives like we don't even know them and we're letting them tell us who to be like we don't we, we don't even know them <laughs> what like <clears throat> so this is a little bit of a, a tangent but it's on my mind so you ever listen to Alan Watts yeah okay so he was talking about I don't know if you've heard this lecture where he talks about the difference between the shaman and the priest. Okay. Right. Know. So 
shaman is like the medicine person, the spirit guide, or, or the person who's in touch with the earth. And the shaman is like the person who is like goes out to have the you know months in the wilderness by themselves and figures out how to make whatever right the shaman like kind of the wild man but who has sacred knowledge because the shaman sought out his own personal journey to become who he is mm -hmm. the priest which is you know antithetical right the two opposite cultures meeting right the indigenous culture and the non-indigenous right the leavers and the takers right the priest so shaman is a holy person the priest is a holy person but the priest is given his holiness by the system he was taught and he is learned by the religious scholars and he wears the drapery of the traditions long before him and so it's like but yet these two people hold the exact same role in their respective societies mm -hmm. but they come to it by literal opposite means right and so it, it's interesting to think about teacher right because it's like well I'm only a student because you told me I'm a student, right? Because you tell me I'm a student, I now don't think that I'm a teacher because that's what you are. But those roles aren't even actually real. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't have fathomed that I would have had something to teach someone else in elementary school or middle school. And that's like, baby, like think about how we could have been supporting each other Think about all the fellow teachers that were my best friends who we never knew that we could have just connected on our own way through our own experiences because did you do your homework? No. Can I copy? And that's like what it was, right? Like right, right. We, we came to it from different respects, which is like what you were saying when you found philosophy, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> like I don't dread going to class. Holy shit. Like, this is how it should have always been. Right, right. But if you never experienced it, how are you supposed to know that you could have loved learning your whole life? Mm-hmm, right. And like, yeah, I feel like a lot of that just goes back to just like this, we're just inclined to like mold kids into this idea of like what what we think like it means to be like, it's not, you know, like what we think it means to be like a good productive member of society, you know, and it like ultimately just comes down to like what will the neighbors think or what will, you know, but it's never, it's never really about like individual authenticity and individual talents and like, hmm. yeah, I mean, and it's clear like the shaman, he does what he does because like to him that's, you know, like yeah he found it he went out and found it and he's learned it and he loves it he and, loves it right and like that's what he's meant to do and like he doesn't do it so that he can say that he does it he doesn't do it so that he can like make a living off of it where like that's yeah. the, the priest is in the system to be a priest to have this job to have this like following you know and it's like these like weird kind of intentions whereas like the shaman and it's kind of you know like it well, like I don't, I don't know if the intentions would have to be different. 
right? That's the thing is like, think about the same person in the tribe and in the city who says, I really want to connect to God. Mm. You only know the way that you think is the only way. Right, right. right? Like you were saying, if I want to be a good and productive member of society, which the society tells me is what I should want to be, well, then here's the path. The institution, the priest, right? Go through the the, the church, go through the institutions, like mm -hmm. have the other priests who had, well, I remember when I got my bachelor's degree and now here I am signing your certificate, just like me. The tradition lives on, like mm -hmm. fuck, like, it's like, you know, just it's right here. Never stop learning. It's like what I hear right now is become your own shaman. Right. Like figure out what the fuck you love and don't think that you have to go get a minister, a degree in ministry or some shit yeah. in order to connect and help support community in a spiritual way or whatever you feel called to do. Yeah, like, I think for me, it's just about, like, to me, the shaman, he's doing something because, like, that's just what is natural to him. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what, like, that is what he's good at. And, like, he's doing it for the sake of doing it because it brings him pleasure. But to me, like, in this parable, the priest is, like, doing it kind of more as a response to society, as a response to, like, the system, you know. And so it's kind of like... Mm -hmm. To me, like that's you know, like the intentions are completely different. Like essentially they, they have like the same role, like the same kind of like religious mentor, but they have completely different approaches and like reasons for doing it. And yeah, I mean as far as you can always be the shaman. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, like I I, I kind of wonder like what would have happened if I like didn't fail that semester and I like continued in an at becoming an edu a, a certified educator or whatever, right? Like, right. I, I don't know how that would have unfolded. I mean, obviously we'll never know, but you know, when that happened, I remember kind of being like, all right, well, you kicked me out. Well, fuck you anyway. Like, <laughs> like, that was too strict or like, fuck the system, right? It kind of that pushed me into that, which it is yeah. how I feel. Maybe that's why you're so radical now. Like maybe that was a good thing. I feel like that probably just showed you a lot of parts of yourself that yeah. you like now and that you've, you know, fully embraced and. Yeah. It's hard to see that stuff though, you know? It's right. hard for me to look at my own growth. Like it's I'm so hard. tough. It's like kind of uncomfortable. Actually, I read something the other day and it was like, if you don't cringe when you look at photos of your old self or when you see posts of your old self, then you're not growing. So like actually like cringing is good. And like that made yeah. me feel good. Yeah. I'm always, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> that means I'm like, I'm growing. And if I'm not growing, then that's, then that's a problem. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of hard to know, like how certain things shape us you know, like how certain things influence us. And I feel like it's not until years later that we really understand like mm -hmm. something so small, you know, but that really does influence, influence us in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Well, seems like this is a natural, uh, a natural end. <laughs> is that a toast? I have my water bottle here. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. stuff, dude. Yeah. Dude, we've, we've been in the same city for like months now. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like. It doesn't, it doesn't even seem like the same city anymore, eh? Yeah. How's your house? Are you on the south side? Uh, my dad is. Uh, I'm living with my mom in Marion right now, but oh, okay. dude, yeah, my dad's house got destroyed. I mean, his house was fine, but like property, just every single tree, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, does he does he live like near Wash? Do you know what street? Yeah, yeah. That's my childhood home. Uh, it's like off Trail Ridge and East Post. Trail Ridge. Oh, is that Green Valley? So it's across from East Post from Green Valley. So just like across okay. the other way yeah yeah so right there that's like a really wooded area dude so wooded bro it's insane yeah no I, we have we had a lot of oak trees like 200 year old oak trees and like they're all gone like our pine tree dude i i think i actually drove by your house today i was uh hey. door, i was door dashing you were door dashing really mm -hmm. that's oh. how i'm making money bro Really? Wait, what is, is that a food food service? Yeah, yeah. So I just like have the app and I just go to fast food places basically. No way. And you pick it up from people, deliver it to them, and then you get money. Yep. And it's kind and of Uber where it's like you just pretty much download the app and then people rate yep. you so they know you're not gonna like Okay. That's kinda cool. Yeah, dude. I mean it's it's been super chill i mean honestly i've literally been listening to podcasts and music like every single day making yeah. money and i mean it's kind of nice because i don't interact with anyone right right like like maybe i wear a mask and have to pick up a thing at burger king but other than that like i just drop shit on the step i'm like alone all day so it's pretty chill oh that sounds that would actually be well, dude, I mean, I'm like glad I found that. Like I did, I started that basically in April. And now, you know, in April, I was kind of like, well, I'll just do this for now. Yeah, yeah. And that's still how it, how it feels, but I'm like, fuck. I mean, not that I have been looking for a job. I mean, like you were saying, what I'm, is living with, I'm living with my mom and she's like, maybe you should like, she was like, be a substitute teacher. <laughs> she's like, get out of my house. Oh. It's like if you want if you're gonna stay like go get a full-time job is basically what mm -hmm. feels like i should do and sure of course that makes sense and right i always take everything with a grain of salt but it's i'm sure it's nice just to do something i mean it's kind of funny because i broke my hand this past summer and so i have physical therapy three times a day or three times a week and it's just kind of nice it's like that's I, I didn't have a routine before that. Like every single day since being evacuated and coming back because of COVID, it's just like I sit around and I'm just like, like the days just merge together. But now it's like, I feel like I have this like, you know, like my physical therapist, like are my friends. And every time I go there, it's like, hey, like we talk about, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of funny because I feel like it was just kind of the structure that I needed. And I'm sure for you with DoorDash, it's just like a nice way to just like feel like you're doing something and like the days are not just like blending together. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because I'm like, if I'm at home and I'm either what watching TV, I'm on my phone, I'm like, hey, Wes, 
you can still consume content while you go make some cash. Yeah, yeah. But it's just audio content, which is like something that I love. Right. Like because someone can be listening to us right now mm-hmm. while they're driving to Omaha. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows? Like, and that's that's where I found a, a lot of like, uh, what's the word? Like, not drive, but I've found stuff that I am actually excited about. Right, right. But like, you know, for me, a a big kind of totem, totem. I don't know, but I just I love reading tarot because mm-hmm. it's this thing that's like this new knowledge, and there's every single moment it's never going to look the same but yet i can still accumulate knowledge and experience and like nuance and mm-hmm. um, yeah and and i mean i guess in the same way that i did with teaching where i i dove into that it was this new thing i you know was figuring out what works what doesn't um that it feels good for it to be something that I'm choosing of my own accord, right? There's no institution. I don't have to study to get an A. Right. It's like, it's it's something that like the people want, like they want their Burger King and you're going to be the person to give it to them. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're responding to necessity. So that's a good thing. For sure. All right. Well, cool, man. I'm glad we got to talk. I feel like we checked. Uh, we like hit all the the points, the main. Yeah. Main things we wanted to talk well, about. Well, well-rounded convert convo. Wow. Well, dude, like you were saying, you're like a close friend of mine. This like yeah. this is reality. Like, it's true. I Here we are. We're fucking adults. You're my fucking friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny like how people become home like I haven't I don't think I've seen you in person in like so long. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm probably like I view you with more like um like I consider you more of a friend than like most of my friends in high school now just because like I don't know, it's just kind of weird how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean same. Yeah. yeah, some of those guys like I haven't talked to in forever. Yeah, and so and it's and it's funny because it's like there's no, I t- I'm I'm like down to talk to them, but like mm-hmm. if no one's ever initiating anything, yeah, then you just it just drifts apart, and it it has felt like you and I like part of why it feels like we've stayed close is just I resonate with stuff that you of your own accord put into my world and like vice versa. And that's like super cool Mm -hmm. that we can have that effect on each other without knowing it. Right. Right. Definitely. Like, it's like, I feel like I have like a radar for people who just like, like inspire me or like move me along or something, you know? And you definitely popped up on my radar like a couple years back. Actually, I remember that, but yeah, it's just funny how that works. Same people I was close with in high school I'm just like oh yeah I, you know I don't talk to them and it's kind of weird like they're like married or have babies or something right I know yeah <laughs> I can't relate but I'm happy. <laughs> yeah well I'm always down for some baby free conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm for that too and maybe next time we can do some tarot reading 
Yeah, dude, let's do it. Um, are you still, are you, I know a while back you were posting some vegan stuff on Instagram. Yeah, I don't have that Instagram anymore. Um, cool. I just like, well, I deleted Instagram totally. Mm. And so then that just got deleted also. Sure. Um, and then I got my personal account back, but then actually I just deleted it again today. <laughs> so like I have this weird relationship with Instagram, but uh, <laughs> being, I just, I don't know. I don't really want to like be on the internet too much. Yeah. So I wasn't like posting. And then it was, um, I don't know. I also just kind of like, I feel like there's just so much going on, like with like Black Lives Matter and just j everything going on this year. I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to like listen. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah, not totally about like like being vegan and like you know like I understand that there's a lot of pain in the world and like I'm just mm -hmm. gonna right now so yeah I'm not doing that right now but I'm still vegan <laughs> I'm not gonna be like Miley Cyrus <laughs> like bruh she just made like national news with that shit she broke my heart straight up Dude. she broke my heart <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so but yeah I mean. I, I totally hear you and like, you know, for me, that's, you know, alongside like quarantine and then, you know, f feeling like everyone is like so drawn to social media, which is like, where else are we going to look? And then, like you said, those channels like holding so much valuable information to assist in like the awakening of the population, right? Or just literally the taking the effing blindfolds off like mm -hmm. um and that's why i love live streaming and that's why i like this type of content because it's i'm not pumping it out to to like for you to scroll through my posts mm -hmm. it's like i'm i'm literally just like in my room and it's like yeah people can come into my room like an instagram post doesn't get people into my room mm -hmm. like and like I was saying, like, this is just happens to be the place where if someone else wants to, we can like be connected. And so like I was saying about, you know, the potential of finding a way to make money, helping people help themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck the money. Like, I enjoy my room more when you could come in if you wanted to, right. as opposed to me sitting here filling up my brain with some type of external thing. Consuming. Consuming. Yeah. And yeah, like there's there's room for consumption. We all do it. Um, but I feel like you're just kind of like asking questions and like making conversations. I feel like that's also just important. Like yeah. this climate is just being able to like hold conversations, like judgment-free zone and just like trying to connect with people especially like you know because of covid no one's you know we're not connecting like we used to so this is like a, a good medium to be able to do what we're biologically wired to want to do yeah i know yeah it really is and you know that's what i found in thailand was my coworkers, my community it was like so tight Mm -hmm. You know, and like, I was living in Denver before I left apartment. I had a lot of friends, but like, my life was alone. Mm -hmm. Like I saw my coworkers, I would go meet up with friends for a drink. 
but those were like these small little moments of connection. Yeah. And I couldn't at the time articulate why I didn't really feel like I loved my life then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think let's figure out where we can find that because it makes us feel better. Like, yeah, I feel like and, it's about connecting with people who you choose to connect with. Like, you know, you yeah. teachers, like you choose to be in your school. And so it's kind of like, it was like, yeah, connection, but on a certain True. level, it was like, not forced, but it was, you know, it wasn't completely voluntary. You know, in a sense, it was kind of like, yeah, you were given to me and like, I'll make the best of this and I'll relate to you in ways that I can. But mm -hmm. it's different to connect with people who, you know, like, I don't know if you'd invite teachers from your school into your room, into this podcast, you know, where it's like this yeah. space, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like that's what we're missing out on is just like, we can't even, we're all in But yeah. we have this room to connect, so it's all okay. Yay. Well, thank you, Abby. This was really fun. Yeah. You're super cool. Let's do it again. For sure. And uh, yeah, never stop learning. Yeah, you just have to give me like a week's notice. I have to like really like pencil this in and then like mentally prepare for like having a conversation with someone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know that by now. I'm Perfect. like, it's easy for me to just like be like, yeah, maybe. So, but yeah, I'm down for sure. No, I get that. I get that for sure. We can do tarot cards and, next. And let's do tarot. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. Sounds cool. good. Awesome. Okay. Later. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening. As always, hit me up on Instagram, WesOnly1. Uh, I would love to have uh, any acquaintances, friends, fellow human beings on the podcast. Um, Sorry about the audio quality, uh, but we're we're working with that that webcam virtual Zoom life these days. So we're doing what we can, aren't we? Um, hope everyone's everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's surviving these difficult times. Uh, make sure you go out and vote in like forty nine days, I think, or something like that. And uh, yeah, have a great week. We'll see you back here next time. Peace. Never stop learning.